Hello and welcome to a special live edition of the Big Recon on Sports podcast here on the Big Recon on Sports YouTube channel. And of course, I'll have the audio up on Anchor and Google and Spotify later on. I didn't do this at the beginning last week, and I told the guys I would make sure I did it. Big Recon on Sports is now a proud member of the Timeskew podcast family. And it's actually two people from Timeskew I'm bringing in now. We And they're both from Chicago, and I got to be honest with you, I thought the other guy was from Florida. Um, so I'm going to bring in Alex from the row seven podcast. Uh, and he's got a, I'm going to have him tell the great story about that, especially with tonight's topic. And I'm going to bring in tones from the cardboard and cracker jacks, which may be my new favorite name, uh, podcast as well. Both gentlemen hail from the great city of Chicago. Boys, How welcome. We How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Anytime, anytime. Um, I do have to tell you first, Tone, I love the Jameis Winston jersey in the back. I am glad you have not jumped on the Brady bandwagon. Um, I'm sure you and I will talk later in the year, and that will be a Tom Brady jersey in the back. At least do oh, Gronk. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it might be a little more expensive an autographed Brady jersey than an autographed Winston jersey, but nonetheless, you might see a Brady jersey floating around, but I've still got love for Jameis Winston as always. You have to, you have to. And Alex, I know I mentioned the story, which you had just told me, so if you could tell everybody how you got the name of your podcast, that would be awesome. So the inception of Row 7 uh, all started 25-plus years ago when my dad, shout-out to all the dads out there, Happy Father's Day. Uh, took me to my very first baseball game, and I'll never forget. Uh, we sat first base side of the field, uh, and I sat row seven, and I still have that ticket stuff to this day. So row seven means means a whole bunch to me, just because uh, I we had that father father son connection, and that's where this whole baseball love uh, hatred came from. Nice. Now, Tones, I asked Alex this when we were kind of chatting before, and he is a Southsider by heart. He is a fan of the Chicago White Sox. Do I sense hostility between the two of you because of this? No, I don't think there's any hostility. Alex is a great baseball mind who knows many great things. And actually, believe it or not, I was going to be a White Sox season ticket holder this year. It may have been for money purposes, not fandom purposes, but you would have caught me on the south side catching some baseball games with Alex or his brother. So, I mean, there's no hate. It's all love. That's great. I meant the whole Cubs-White Sox thing. So. Yes. Well, I can honestly say if someone came on here and was a Yankee fan, we might throw down. Just going to leave it there. <laughs> That's fair. So as you boys can see, and Alex pointed out, I am a huge, diehard, psychotic New York Met fan. If my phone actually rang during the episode, you would hear it play Meet the Mets. Um, so I want to dive in with you guys who, in my opinion, are in one of the greatest baseball cities in the world. Uh, especially with the great history that Chicago has being maybe the oldest city uh, outside of New York and Boston to have teams. And I want to start with you, Tone, just because Alex and I kind of had a little back and forth a few minutes ago. And I'd really like to hear what you think about everything going on with baseball right now. There's so many things to say, and we can talk all day about this, but to make it short and sweet, I guess, what the hell is going on with baseball? Nobody knows what they're doing. It's millionaires arguing billionaires. We have billionaires crying their pockets are empty. We have millionaires crying that they're not going to make X amount of dollars for playing X amount of games. 
here's an idea. Get your thing together. Get your act together. You're a dying sport as is in terms of viewership purposes. Whether, you know, we're baseball nuts. We'll always be there. We always love the game of baseball in general. Us three and many other people around the world because it is a worldwide sport. But bottom line is we need baseball we need them to get together because if this doesn't happen this year, you know, their CBA expires after the 2021 season, I believe. Who knows what kind of a muck we could be in there if these Tony Clark and um, the clown who runs Major League Baseball himself, I refuse Manfred. to say his name, Rob Manfred at this time. Thank you. Um, I call him the clown. But it's just a clown show because uh, you got a clown and you got Tony Clark and they can't even meet in the middle one won 70 games, one won 60 games. Just meet at 65, have a nice little 65-game season. Do your thing. Find your bubble if need be. If not, just don't have fans in the games. Baseball is one of those sports you're kind of socially distant on the field anyhow. So, I don't know. I think they should get their stuff together. The KBO has seemed to win on just fine. I watch it a lot at the beginning of the KBO's upcoming. I haven't tuned in much lately because, as we all know, it's not the most ideal time slots of games. Mm-mm. But... KBO does display that MLB can happen if the players and owners do want it to happen. Agreed. And I'm going to throw something in there for you Chicago boys. I don't know if you saw, but Addison Russell is actually headed to the KBO to play in Korea. You want to talk about a fall from grace. Yeah, a fall from grace indeed. I mean, this guy, when we traded for him from the Oakland A's, he was the centerpiece of our trade, sending two good starting pitchers to Oakland, Jeff Samarja and Jason Hamill, to help them uh, go on a playoff run. They got John Lester that year as well, so Oakland was all, all in. This trade happened on the 4th of July, uh, four, five, six years ago It was now. 2014. It was the year that Kansas City went to the World Series and lost, and then we won't talk about the year they won. We just won't. Yeah, we won't. We won't talk about that at all because uh, actually, I forgot that even happened. But nonetheless, Addison Russell was supposed to be a high-profile guy. He was the third best batter on the Cubs' 2016 World Series teams with some elite guys in that lineup. He actually outshined Javier Baez that season in terms of home runs, in terms of RBIs, in terms of production. So we're talking about a guy who was. Looked at as one time of an up-and-comer on the Cubs and then some off-the-field issues got to him, and he let himself get the best of him. And now it's sad to say, but, hey, heads off to him. Hopefully he could revive himself in the KBO, make himself a better person and ball player. But it's just sad to see. No, I agree with you. So, Alex, Tone really gave us a lot of the sentiment of what's going on with baseball fans right now. So I want to go to you with this question. And if you were either Tony the Tiger or the clown, where are you making the concession? Is it games? I don't want to talk about money because these guys arguing over money, and like I told Alex, I'm in finance. Trust me, it's not as good as people think it is right now. I don't want to talk about the money. I want to talk about what do you think is going to get them on the field? Is it going to be games? Is it going to be expanded playoffs? Uh, Universal DH? What do you think is going to be the linchpin? I mean... Personally, I, I think it's just a matter of games. I mean, the fact that we're going 60, 70, 75, you know, 69, there, there's the num- every number has been thrown out there. Uh, if they could just meet in the middle, like Tone said, 65, you know, let's just get a, a, a friendly handshake or, a, you know, the, the pound of fist if we're not doing the, the handshake right now because of what's going on, the executive, the elbow. That, that's fine. Can, can we just meet in the middle? 65 would be a great number. And if, if it really came down to it, if they played five of those games and came down to 60, so be it. You're, you're 
are already falling in the ranks of popular sports in the States. Do you think this would make baseball look any better? I mean, personally, let me just hit you with this a little bit. I'm a diehard baseball fan through and through. I will watch anybody play. And I'm talking like Seattle Mariners. But hockey is now climbing the ranks in my in my love for sports. So that, that's just to kind of give you a little a little bit of the frustration that is kind of venting out of me at this point. And no, I got you 100%. And I am with you. I think it's going to be the games as well. Um, you know, we went from the 114 offer of the players, which I think I, I if you were going to do the three division thing, 10 teams in Florida, which we would have got a shot at the Yankees a lot, 10 teams in Texas and 10 teams in California, you could have made that work. When they started arguing dollars and cents and rules and this, it started to become just, you know, you're scratching your head. Now, I know I told uh, Alex this, Tone, I'm, 40, I'm 41, almost 42. Uh, I remember 94 and 95 vividly. Um, and I can tell you the downward spiral that the popularity of this game took after 1994 was epic. You're talking about a sport that 50 years ago, you ready for this? The three most popular sports in the United States in the 70s were baseball, horse racing, and boxing. None of them had a pay-per-view presence yet. I mean, Ali and Frazier fought on ABC. Then you go into the 80s, baseball's still number one. But when you hit 94, 95, that's when baseball started taking it down a notch. Then the internet came along, internet gambling, football. I did a whole episode on that two years ago. Not going to go there again. If they figure this out, and now we have the new COVID concerns, and the NBA is having their problems... Can baseball hop the NBA? If if the NBA falters and if the NBA Disney World plan falls apart before our eyes, like we might be seeing, and the MLB happens to get their stuff together, there is a slight chance. However, however, that's a lot of stuff to happen. That's a lot of pieces to fall in place. The NBA is on a high trajectory in terms of viewership right now in general, in terms of sports and baseball, as you said, is a little bit on the downslope, especially since 94, 95. I mean, and I'm being nice by saying a little bit on the downslope, I think. But in other terms, I do think excitement was coming back in baseball. We had juice balls last year. I think they were juice baseballs, but guys that didn't home. Guys hit home runs, that was fun to watch last year, you know? I mean, people want to see guys hit home runs. Chicks dig the long ball. Chicks don't dig a ground rule double. Chicks dig a home run, you know? People want to see home runs hit. Baseball did a great job of showing that last year. So if they did get a season this year, if the players and owners were being a little more respectful for each other and gave the fans the proper season um, amidst the COVID uh, concerns in general, I think it had the chance to compete with the NBA, at least for this year, and maybe it, it could have taken a chunk of the NBA's fans away, even if baseball got going first like they were supposed to on the 4th of July. But now baseball keeps moving back a little bit, and now I'm not so sure that it's possible. But at, at one point in time, I did maybe see it as possible. Alex, what about you? I mean, it's a shot in the dark, but I mean, if, if they can get their act together and sit down at the table... Within these next couple of days, 
and you put a season together, you might be able to kind of brush aside what happened in the past couple of months. So it, it, it's feasible. I, I know that the NBA has, has definitely been on the rise with the likes of Kevin Durant. Obviously, he's coming off an injury, but you've got LeBron James, who's playing it at a ridiculous level right now. Um, Kyrie Irving, who's obviously making news of, you know, for, for obviously for other reasons, but the stars are out there for the NBA. If, if baseball really kind of made an impact and kind of jumped the forefront, you've got Mike Trout, you've got Bryce Harper, you've got other household names that people know, there's a, there's, there's a chance. No, and, and you're both absolutely right. Um, the one thing I will say is baseball has always been a regional sport, whether we like it or not. Um, it is international, like you had mentioned, Tone. You have the KBO. You have all the great Japanese players that have come over. Um, but And, of course, hey, my last name is Martinez. They're coming from all over Latin America. Um, but it's always been a regional sport. And I think that's part of the charm, whereas the NFL, because of the th- other things that go with it, and the NBA, which everybody plays hoops, that's where they took over. I don't think the baseball team. I don't think baseball is losing viewership as much as they're losing media coverage. Um, and it seems like, especially now, they're getting all the wrong coverage, and they don't need it. Um, as far as the media goes, you guys are in Chicago. You have two teams. I'm in New York. We have two teams. Um, and of course, unfortunately for the Cubs fans, the Cardinals dip into the Chicago market because of how long they've been there. Do you think baseball can survive in this environment as a regional sport only? And Alex, I'm going to have you start because we've been going to tone first every every time we go to something. Uh, I definitely think that they could. I mean, you obviously have two teams in Chicago, like you mentioned. You have the, the Cardinals, who are just a couple hours away. But you also have Milwaukee as well, too, who's, who's definitely making noise. And you've got a, a guy, a face of the franchise, and Christian Yelich, who's a notable name, uh, who can definitely kind of get that Midwest market uh, and give it some you know, so um, for, for the lack of a better term. So I, I do agree with your point in saying that it is regional, but if they start kind of, you know, really hitting you with those those faces of the franchise of each team in, in each market, there's a chance that you can start making noise and get more coverage, you know, more TV time. Obviously, NBA gets, uh, you know, a bunch of games on ESPN. There's there's a likelihood down the road, maybe if MLB really wanted to, try and put one game on every day. As, as an option. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tom? Well, as Alex kind of said, too, as well, the NBA just has some primetime slots. I mean, everyone's familiar with Thursday night basketball on TNT. Then you have basketball on the weekends on ABC. You have Tuesday night on um, TNT later in the year. Then you have ESPN on Wednesday and Friday night basketball. It's all over primetime baseball. We have Sunday night baseball, but... Besides Sunday Night Baseball, you can't think of a fixated time on the schedule that you could be guaranteed to catch a game when you're watching TV, you know. So um, I do think that baseball is a regional sport, of course, but I think we do need better job. Like White Sox, for example, last year, sure, they weren't the greatest of teams, but their stadium attendance sometimes is so bad and it doesn't make too much sense because they had so much young, exciting talent. If you're a real baseball fan and if baseball could help market, I think you made a great point. It's more marketing than viewership at this uh, rate, maybe being a problem. The White Sox are never on TV. Throw them on TV some, show their young stars the world. 
Like, Mike Trout is invisible, man. He's the invisible man, and he's the best player in baseball. You don't even see him on TV two or three times a year. It's ridiculous. Manfred's got to do a better job at getting the schedule out there, getting the players deserving of primetime performances in those slots, getting a schedule that, you know, goes with the fandom more, and we can tune into, like Alex said, Monday night on ESPN, Tuesday night on TBS, something like that, so everybody can tune in fixated on the game. And I just don't see it happening soon with the way Manfred's running things, sadly. Yeah, no, it, he has definitely took some missteps. The fact that he was handpicked by the guy who, one day after one of the greatest World Series in baseball history, said he was going to take two teams away, uh, doesn't really sit too well with me. Let me frame this a different way. You talked about guys in the Midwest. You talked about Yelich. You talked about Harper. Uh, I will throw in, because of my love for Cleveland, Francisco Lindor, um, obviously, who was a phenomenal player. Major League Baseball is cashing a $1 billion check from TBS to keep playoff baseball on it. If it was me, and I want your guys' opinion, I would say to TBS, well, guess what? You're going to run a national game of the week on Wednesday nights. ESPN has Sunday. And by the way, 4 o'clock every Saturday on Fox after the second weekend of the season. Not that I watch Joe Buck a lot. Um... MLB Network may be being more readily available in cable packages. Um, do you think that makes a difference so we can see Mike Trout? So we can see... And now I know the West Coast is an issue, but the Saturday afternoon 4 o'clock game, if they made that the West Coast teams that you don't see, or and the TBS the Wednesday night, hey, if it is a Yankees-Red Sox or... or a, uh, South Side, North Side series, or a Subway series with the Mets and Yankees. You make sure that they're on. What changes, other than what I just said, do you think you guys would make to make it more accessible? Well, I think what would help it make it more accessible, I think I totally agree with you. A fixated Wednesday night, that would be a great idea for baseball to do. Um, the Saturdays with the West Coast teams would be a great idea to do. And here's an idea, too. Instead of just clumping together like interleague play and rivalries i know they did a better job of spreading it out since we are even now but mm -hmm. it seems that rivalries still appear around the same time in baseball here's an idea have a weekend highlighted by yankees mets and have uh sunday night baseball and then on wednesday have a rivalry week and continue it with cubs white Sox, and then on Saturday, have a rivalry game with Angels and Dodgers and just kind of have a primetime rivalry week that carries on the week instead of just, hey, we're going to clump it all together in one weekend and you guys have to choose what rivalry you want to watch. You guys have to choose what stars you're going to watch. And, of course, I'm going to watch Cubs Sox and you're going to watch Mets Yankees if they're all on at the same time or around the same time. But if you spread them out, you give them more opportunity. And as you said, MLB Network, Becoming more readily available, like an NFL Network has, will help the viewership tremendously. I know NFL Network's available in a lot of cable packages. Mm -hmm. I think that would be great, and I think MLB Network is on the come up, and I think if they solidify themselves a little more, it absolutely will help indeed. Cool. Alex? Yeah, I'm going to echo the same exact sentiment. Uh, I know I have MLB Network on my TV package, um, but like MLB TV on your phone. I mean, if you give that away to somebody for a year, yeah, I know it costs, but if you kind of put it in people's hands, and obviously everybody's on the go, not everybody can sit at home and watch TV or watch a game, you know, from, you know, 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock or 6 to 9, whatever it may be, if, you, if they can get using highlights on their phone, that's how everybody's getting their information. That's how 
successful uh, yeah, NBA is with pilots, even NFL is with pilots, put it in people's hands, and I think you have the, uh, the ability to kind of really market baseball uh, much better. I will say this. I have the at bat app on my phone and I work 45 minutes from my house. So because I'm in the mountains and AM stations don't go well, I pay the $20 for the year and I listen to Howie Rose and uh, Wayne Randazzo every night of the week. Howie is on my radio and as much as I love Gary, Keith and Ron, Howie is on my on my radio every night the Mets are on. Um, but that's 20 bucks for the year. But if you get the MLB.TV, you have the blackouts, you have, um, you, you can't get them unless they're on the road. Yeah, that's also a problem as well, too. That's got to be fixed. Like, if I'm, if I'm in a local market, let's just say for Chicago, for example, and I'm not home being able to watch my TV, the last thing I want is my home team that I root for, that I support, to have their game blacked out. So if they get rid of it, it's... It's not needed. It's not necessary. Put, put baseball on the map. Yeah, the blackout restrictions are killing me. And now, I mean, I just recently got cable back after years of being just streaming. If you don't have a cable package and you can't get it, how are you supposed to stream it without paying an exorbitant amount of money for MLB.TV? Because I hate to break it to you. All the jailbreak stuff, you never find someone streaming the games. Never. And uh, I know that other, like the, what is it, the... Uh, NFL Pass, whatever it's called, and then Red Zone. Um, Red Zone. That that's been successful. Uh, there's got they got have to market MLB extra innings that TV package much better because it gets one or two plays a week, and then it, and then after that you don't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. You got to give some people an incentive to sign up for that package because it's quite a bit of money. Granted, yes, you are getting you are getting quite a bit of games, but it's quite a bit of money for somebody to dish out aside from their cable package. Does anybody remember how fun the show Baseball Tonight used to be on ESPN and everybody oh rallied God. behind Baseball Tonight? I mean, what would we do to get something like that? How is it impossible? As Alex said, I think uh, Red Zone's a great idea. Why can't they do that with live home runs, live web gems, live saves happening? I know MLB Tonight does that, but that's on MLB Network. Have MLB Network showing a game and then have their own distinct channel to be showing all the highlights going on of current games playing. There they is one. There and is one. That? It's a pay-for channel, like on Spectrum, where I am. If you go into the 300s where all the HD stuff is, I get like Pac-10 and Big Ten Network, which is great. But then you get to MLB, and there's one underneath it. And it's locked because you have to buy it. I will take this one further. Baseball Tonight was the gospel. It was Carl Ravitch. How many people would have never known who Peter Gammons was without baseball tonight? Having John Cruck in in uh, studio. And because I'm older than you guys, I remember this. I remember Chris Berman doing games in California late at night on a Wednesday. I remember that. I 100% remember that. I... The commercial, he said, we have one game on the East Coast, and then we bring you to the nightcap here on the Hotel California. I used to love doing that. I'd get home late from something and I would turn the late game on and I would see, I remember watching Dennis, uh, Dave Stewart throw a no-hitter from that. I remember watching Dennis Martinez's perfect game. Yep. Um, I remember catching a random Oral Hershiser, st- Oral Hershiser start during the scoreless inning streak. Part of baseball's problem is ESPN sold their soul to the NFL. I think everybody on here can agree to that. 
Because baseball yep. tonight went by the wayside when they spent a billion dollars on Monday Night Football. So I don't think ESPN is the right broadcast partner. I would get Fox in it. I would get TBS in it. I would talk to TNT. Anybody else. They're too much into football and basketball. Yeah, ESPN, though, how is it so easy for... ESPN's all about the money. They strike up a deal with KBO so easily in a dire need of sports just because they know people want live sports. Well, show some love to Major League Baseball. How do you do this deal with KBO? But you fail to do more than Sunday Night Baseball. It went from Baseball Tonight to just Baseball Tonight crew an hour before Sunday Night Baseball games. I don't even know if we're going to get that Baseball Tonight crew an hour before Sunday Night Baseball games anymore. Well, the only time I hear the words Baseball Tonight is if you listen to a professional podcast. Buster Only does one every day. And he has Kirchin on. I mean, come on. When ESPN did their mass layoffs and names like Jason Stark were gone, the only real baseball analysts they have on that were players on the payroll are Teixeira and, um, oh, Perez's son. What's his first name? Eduardo. Eduardo Perez. Yeah, yeah. That's all they have. And you need more than that. I mean, a lot of yes. people are Mark, Mark Teixeira fans in general. Can't so, hey, if I don't like Mark Teixeira, what inclines me to tuning into ESPN to hear a guy I don't like talking about baseball? I can't stand Teixeira. And I know, I know you can't either. And then you look at uh, MLB Network, and they have they they have so many guys on their staff. They just aren't um, you know as popular as NFL Network, so they have a harder time getting their name out there. Like you said, you've got to pay for one of their special channels. ESPN's got to adapt more baseball analysis. Man, it's sad. I agree. I agree. Um, so the last part of this that I wanted to talk to you guys about, because again, I thought you were in a different state, Tone. Um, what, before COVID and everything else, what were you most looking forward to when your teams hit spring training this year? And Alex, I'm going to start with you with the South side. If you want to expand on something, you don't hear from him tone, and then I'll bring the Mets right as soon as you guys are done. Alex, take it away. Yeah. I mean, the, the likelihood of there being a, a rivalry kind of brewing again, on the North side and the South side, that obviously you have your, the Cubs who are a stronghold in the city of Chicago, and yeah, rightfully so, you put the likes of Rizzo, Brian, Bias, and so on and so on, but the, like, the likes of Tim Anderson becoming household names. I love him. Becoming, you know, uh, Eloy Jimenez, the, the fact that there was a team that was on the up, uh, you know, coming up was just really something I was excited about, and yeah, I'm a, obviously a, a side setter by heart. But I was just excited to just see baseball in general. When we have months and months of winter, and the, you hear, "Oh, baseball's coming! Baseball's coming!" Like I was, I was ready for it. I I take off opening day as a holiday, my own personal holiday. It was a vacation day for it. Same here. Show you, just to show you, like where exactly I stand. So I'm watching baseball from noon that day, that early game, all the way through the night. So yeah, the South Side of my heart, die hard. But I'm a baseball purist and a baseball fan at the core. Like there's. There's no other way to put it. So that's what I was really looking for, just baseball in general. Tom? Yeah, I was, look, I was looking forward to the north side, south side rivalry getting going again as well because the Cubs did something where they built from the ground up again. They re-gutted the whole system, then signed some veterans when they were ready to win. And the White Sox did the exact same thing, and they signed Ellis Keuchel. They signed Yasmani Grandal. They signed a few other guys who 
really put him over the top this offseason. So it would have been really fun. It would have been a treat. Spring training was in the air. The vibes are flying. And, you know, everyone was happy that baseball was back. And then next thing you know, COVID hits. And then these negotiations get stuck. And now you kind of forget all the good hype that was surrounded in spring training. It seems like a lifetime ago that we named David Ross as manager. Um, I'm a Joe Madden fan, so I don't know how I feel about Rossi, but in spring training, I would have liked to get a feel for the guy like I was. And then all of a sudden you hit that wall. So anytime you have a new manager coming in fresh off of, um, not even coaching before with the team who just had so much success, it's going to be interesting in spring training. Yeah. I think they could have used that time to get to know each other. And I don't think this does any benefits for the Cubs, honestly. No, I agree, and we won't talk about managers with the debacle my team went through um, with the naming of Carlos Beltran and then, uh, of course, now Luis Rojas, who, by the way, has a phenomenal baseball pedigree. I was looking forward to him. Um, I was looking forward to, very honestly, a third consecutive Cy Young out of Jacob deGrom. I was looking forward to telling Yankee fans how to feel to pay an extra $180 million for the second-best pitcher in New York. Uh, I wanted to see what Pete Alonso was going to do. And even when Syndergaard got hurt, adding Porcello and Waka was huge for the Mets in the offseason. I mean, I was jacked because every other team in the division did not get better. They stayed the same or they got worse. Like the Nationals lost Anthony Rendon. What's Soto going to be without Rendon in the lineup? What's, you know, it? I was so pumped. I mean, this is the spring training hat. This is the one that they came out with this year. I was ready. As you can see, I was decked out. I was the whole nine yards. And then COVID happened, and now this, and I'm just down on it. So the last question I want to ask you guys. <laughs> Alex, you said you're a baseball purist. One of the sticking points is universal DH. Does it make your skin crawl as much as it makes mine? Uh, it did when I, when I first heard about it. But, I mean, at this point, just because I'm dying to see some baseball, I'm just like, I, I can live with it. Obviously, yes. It, it was like, whoa, 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 what, what are we doing here? Why, why are we changing the game? I, you know, I understand the whole analytics and you know that coming into play. That was fine. It kind of it took me a little bit of time to accept it. Uh, but but at this point, you know, Universal GH, if it wants to be put in place from 2020 to 2045, if you want to put it in, in the rule book, so be it. I'm just dying for some baseball. Tone, what about you, Universal DH? I think me and you being NL guys have a little different of a take on it than an AL guy. I like to see the pitchers get the bat in their hands, and I like to see the pitchers hit some baseballs. But at the same time, if it does take getting universal DH to get baseball back, nobody's going to be complaining because John Lester was on ESPN 1000 the other week, and he's a very old-fashioned baseball-minded guy. He doesn't want the change at all, but he said at this point, hey, I am willing to do whatever it takes to get back on the baseball diamond in terms of rule book, in terms of ownership and playership negotiations. So if you got a hard nosed guy like John Lester willing to change Johnny boy, I'm, I'm willing to change with you too, my man. Let's get it going again. Yeah. And I, I too like watching pitchers hit. I mean, I got a couple of pitchers who have hit bomb after bomb after bomb on our staff. Um, yeah, we had Zambrano, Zambrano for the Cubs a couple of years ago. Oh was yeah, awesome to watch. I mean, I mean, Syndergaard had a two run, two home run game a couple of years ago against the Dodgers, and then he had a one nothing shutout where he hit a solo shot and finished the game. Um, I'm only looking forward to Universal DH if they play because then I can have a lineup 
with Alonzo and McNeil and Cespedes and Cano and Conforto and all those boys and J.D. Davis and all those boys right in a row and it makes the Mets better. As a purist, I don't want to see it. As far as the expanded playoffs go, I loved when it first came out and you had the one wild card team and you played the division series and you couldn't play against your own division. The wild card game, I'm not a huge fan of. And I don't know if expanding the playoffs is going to make anything any better. What about you guys with the expansion of the playoffs? I don't think the expansion of the playoffs is going to make much better besides maybe make the baseball postseason a little more watered down, so to say, because that wild card game in general, a lot of teams, number one pitchers can't even pitch in that game to begin with off the bat because it's coming off the heels of a such important last Sunday of the baseball year where their best starting pitcher probably has to start that game or so forth. So that one game playoff, as much as I do like it, it is intense, the wild card game, and it does give a chance to you know, I think it is the right amount of playoff teams right now. I wish the formatting was a little better. Maybe a three-game series, so to speak, for yeah. that wild card round. Even it up a little bit, give uh, both teams a little more of a chance and give them a little more days to catch their breath a little bit. But so to speak, I don't think adding anything, adding in more teams would be the best idea for baseball. Alex, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up 100. I get it. I, I understand what they, why they did it for logistics purposes, but I always enjoy seeing that one game wild card, you know, winning in type of thing, just because they, obviously you have to kind of coach managers have to shift their, their lineup, shift their rotation just a tad bit because, like Tone said, your ace probably had just pitched. So you got to go with your number two, number three, or maybe a number four. So it, it, it makes it a little interesting. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, you know, keeping it the way it is, but for logistics purposes, uh, uh, I get it. Yeah, and we've had a couple of really good matchups in the last few years. We did have Garrett Cole and uh, Arietta in 2015. 2016, yep. of course, we have Syndergaard and uh, Baumgartner went at it first. Syndergaard went seven innings. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the wild card game. It's just, I it should be a three-game series, in my opinion, um, because you're not getting a real sense of who's going to go deep. Three five seven seven isn't that hard to do, in my opinion, with scheduling, especially with most of the teams recently that have played in the World Series are on the West Coast. So, um, so I want to wrap this up with one last thing, and this is something that I asked a buddy of mine a few weeks ago. If you could make one move for your team going into an abbreviated season or even if this would have been the full 162, what was the one move you wanted your team to make that they didn't make that you think could bite them? Hmm. That's a good question. I was just going to say, if I wanted to see the Cubs make one more move to put themselves in a better chance to win the Central, I mean, because the Reds got loaded this year. Oh, my God. That Reds pitching staff might be the best pitching staff in all of baseball. Hey, Besides hey, hey. your New York Mets, maybe. So that, that would be a good uh, one-two battle, Reds-Mets. But nonetheless, that Central is loaded now. The Brewers come year in, year out, competing now. The Cardinals are always competing. Pirates are laughable. Clint Hurdle ran that thing into the ground. So 
kudos to you, Kurt, or Clint. Thanks for giving us the free three games every time we play Pittsburgh. If you're a Pittsburgh fan watching this, I'm sorry, but thank Clint Hurdle for running your franchise into the ground. Anyways, one thing that I wish the Cubs could have done to put themselves over the top to get them to that next level would have been to add a veteran pitcher, whether it's for the back end or the front end of things. I think that their lineup with guys like Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, and Contreras, and Schwarber, if you can't hold your own with guys like that, then maybe you got to blow the team up. And our pitchers are getting older. John Lester is getting older. You know, Cole Hamels drifted elsewhere. John Lackey a few years back left us. We could use a new pitcher, a big-time pitcher, and we just didn't get that. And although you Darvish is on the up-and-up, one thing we learn in baseball with the Mets going to the World Series is you can never have too much pitching. You no. can never have too many pitchers, and that is what I would have liked to see the Chicago Cubs address. But, you know, the Ricketts keep crying broke. I guess every owner, every billionaire owner just doesn't have a penny to pinch nowadays. Before you start, Alex, here's what kills me with the Ricketts saying they're broke. I have never seen Wrigley not full. Nope. And I remember watching the first game at night against the Mets 32 years ago. I have never seen that ballpark empty. Yeah, I was at that fun Mets-Cubs battle. The ballpark was sold out when Sean Marshall, our pitcher, hit a grand slam. I believe it was on a Saturday. It was in 07, I want to say. But nonetheless, that as you said, it could be any series, any game, any time the Cubs were sold out. Besides maybe their back trend. The year after Lou Pinello, when they went into the Mike Quaddy, Dale Swavin games, you might catch a Tuesday night game 95% full, sure. But nonetheless, fans there all the time, money's being spent. Come on, Rick. It's- Tone, real, uh, Alex, real quick, before, I want to interrupt you there. I remember that game that you were at. That was the night before Tom Glavin won 300. Yes, yes, it was. Alex, go ahead with the White Sox. Um, gosh. I probably would say another pitcher, not necessarily an ace, because I would not want them to go out and spend ridiculous money on the likes of a Garrett Cole, uh, because he's obviously, uh, I think he's 30 now, or just over 30, right? Cole, I think, is 28 or 29. Oh, okay, okay, so. so uh, right there. Uh, but, I, right, but I would not want them to give him an uh, 8, 9, 10-year whatever contract he got. So probably just like another Veteran pitcher um, would probably have sufficed. Uh, maybe some infield help. I know. Uh, obviously, they, they have Abreu at first. Moncada uh, can play second or third. Tim Anderson at short. Uh, I mean, I know there was there was a lot of rumors out there that uh, the Rockies were looking to trade for uh, Nolan Alvarado. So, you know, seeing him kind of be in a in the pinstripes would have been nice. But I know he had a, a more of a connection with the Cardinals. That, that seemed to look like it was kind of brewing to be uh, some type of trade, but I mean, obviously with all COVID and stuff like that, it kind of fizzled, but, but that would have been nice. And I actually, my brother's watching live. He just texted me right now, and he was at that Tom Glavin game. Was he? So, yeah, that is an interesting tidbit right there. I was in Cleveland at my parents' house, and my father and I, who it seems like every big Met thing that's happened over the last 20 years since I moved back to New York, we're either on the phone or it happens when I'm there. Um, because a couple nights after Glavin won 300, I was at my friend's house out there, and that's the night Bonds broke the record. Yep. So Yeah, that, 
that was a historic little week or two uh, run in baseball for sure. Oh, absolutely. So with my Mets, what would I have done? Well, I would have made sure Syndergaard's elbow didn't blow up. That would have been first. <laughs> um, but I tell you what, if I was, I mean, this goes back a few years ago. Uh, if I was the Mets, I would have made Pete Alonso a third baseman. And that way you could have Alonzo and Dominic Smith in the same lineup. And yeah. I would have found a way to ship Robinson Cano back to the American League and make McNeil the everyday second baseman. Um, I love the Marisnik move. I love um, Waka. I've always liked Porcello. Um, you guys in the Central know about Waka. He was great for a few years, and then I don't know what happened. Was it injuries? What was it? It was injuries. Was it? Um, but I love those guys. The moves the Mets made going into this year were phenomenal. Um, I'm, I was amped. I really saw them building on the end of last year and taking a shot at this thing. Uh, but let's see what happens. So you guys are in a good position right now. I don't think you're another team to be slept on at all. No, no. And one through, and my father and I were talking about it this morning. They need to be sold. Because in the coming years, you ready for this? They got to pay Conforto. They got to pay Syndergaard. They got to pay Mats. They got to pay Stroman. And if it weren't for all going on in baseball right now, that might be one of the biggest stories is what's going on with the Mets. Because between their head coaching little um, charade, I guess, and now their ownership, it's been it's been a tough time to see who, who the leaders of the Mets are for the foreseeable future. But I do agree that the Mets are maybe in the best chance to win that division this year. So as a Mets fan, I would really want some baseball. Yeah, me too. Uh, and not just for that, even the lean years, there's always something fun that happens. Um, but, yeah, I is it bad that I'm a Mets fan and want it to be A-Rod? I, I wouldn't say it's bad. I mean, he's quite the historic name in baseball, and he knows his baseball, obviously. Sure, it might come with a little um, sign-stealing even, so to speak, but <laughs> none, nonetheless, A-Rod is a good guy, and he, he, he knows the game very well. And he grew up a Mets fan. That's what's scary. I, I think that's why I want him to do it, um, is because he would probably try and run the franchise like a fan, and he would just be doing this. Get them yeah, all. the opposite of Derek Jeter for sure. I can't. I can't. No, because listen, it's the worst optic that Stanton ended up in with the Yankees. It is the absolute worst optic, and the fact that the dumpsters that he sold them for him and Yelich haven't touched the major leagues yet. We can go another hour. I mean, I just can't. I have a question for you though. Yeah. What's the likelihood that you're going to keep Stroman? Because I mean, he's. He's a stud. I've always been a fan of, of his. Here's a likelihood. You ready? Here's why I think here's a likelihood. Uh-huh. You know where Marcus Stroman's from? Where's that? Long Island. Uh-huh. Do you know where Marcus Stroman was on June 1st, 2012? Ten rows off the dugout at Santana's no-hitter. Ah. Okay. Stroman's a I New York boy. That. Stroman's a New York boy. Um, here's a little and this is where the Met lunacy comes in, they say the greatest pitch game in Long Island baseball history was in 2012, and it was Steven Matz against Marcus Stroman. So, I mean, Stroh's a local kid. I think Matz may even live across the street from his mother and father on Long Island. Um, we know DeGrom is locked up. Porcello, I think, took a two-year deal. Waka's on a one. 
Syndergaard is going to stay now with the injury. So they're they're built to win for the next few years. And with the Polar Bear and Smith and McNeil and Conforto, and I can keep going, thank God. It's going to be fun to be a Met fan. And I'll tell you what, Tone, the fun you've had as a Cubs fan the last fit from 15 on has just been, it's been fun to, and, and again, I told Alex this, as a baseball purist, did I want to see the Cubs break the curse? Yes, but I lived in Cleveland for a long time. That was not the World Series I needed to see. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, to relate back to another point quick, I remember that Johan Santana no-hitter. I think there was a close double down the line. And Beltron hit it. Yep, in the sixth or seventh inning, maybe. But nonetheless, it was a close call, and Johan did escape with the no-hitter. But for the Cubs, yeah, we went up against Cleveland, and Cleveland didn't win it for quite the longest time as well. So our streak overshadowed theirs for sure, but we overcame a 3-1 series deficit, and we kept battling. And we kept battling, and even Aroldis Chapman, who almost gave the series to Cleveland, we prevailed, and it was such a great feeling. People like my grandma, who waited over 80 years to see the Chicago Cubs win a World Series, she actually got to see the Cubs win, and then rest in peace, Grandma, we lost her shortly after, but she got to go out on a Cubs win. It was awesome, it was beautiful, and things like that is what makes baseball great, because, you know, the Cubs, here they are, they finally win, they make everyone happy. And now, who knows, maybe we could wait another 100 years. But for that time being, I was happy because from about 2000 to 2014, sure, we had Lou Pinella moments, which made us um, a viable franchise. But outside of Dusty Baker and Lou Pinella, we were kind of a clown show. So I'm glad that Cubs are at least back on track to being a respectable franchise. And Alex, I know 2005 must have been outstanding when they won that title. Definitely was. I mean, obviously, it didn't get the, the the publicity and the hype that the Cubs got, and obviously for for ver- for various reasons. I know the Cubs have waited a hundred plus years to to win that championship, so rightfully so. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping that it's even for the day that within the next I don't know three, five, seven years that you know they're competitive, they're in the playoffs, and maybe they get another ring. I mean, I've, I've already been able to witness one, so being able to see another one in my lifetime would be it would be a win. I would say. I have a quick thing to ask both of you, actually. Okay. What do we think would be more of a holy crap, what is going on type of situation if it were an all New York World Series or if it were an all Chicago World Series? I think the holy crap, what's going on would be the all Chicago because we have had a Subway Series in the last 20 years. And I still don't know how that ball Piazza hit did not leave the yard in Game 5. No, I would have to say the all Chicago because... Met fans and Yankee, you guys can coexist. Met fans and Yankee fans, there would be fights. <laughs> Just plain and simple. Especially with... There would be some, some physicality between, between Cubs and Sox. Obviously, not between Jones and myself, but I know that there's people who get a little bit too intense into it. So, Listen, man, I am a card-carrying member of the Seven Line Army. I've seen it all. And I would march in a Yankee stadium painted blue and orange if that happened. But the one I want to see, to be honest with you guys, I want to see the Mets and the Indians. I want to see my two homes go at it. And I had a friend of mine ask me, who'd you root for? I went, what, wait, what? I'd walk into the J- well, progressive field, sorry. I would walk into progressive field painted blue and orange. It wouldn't matter. 
Oh, yeah. Just because you got a tie to Cleveland doesn't mean you're going to overcome your Mets fandom, you know? No, I was there listen, I was there from 1993 till 2000. And who was a better team than those Indians of that time that just won? I was there when they won their first division title in 1995. I was in the ballpark. Um, there, I, was, I had a Mets hat on, but I was in the ballpark. So I got to tell you, it, it's, I could go all night about this game. I really could. This is, the movies are better than the other sports. The stories coming out of them are better. I just, we need baseball. I need baseball so bad. I'm watching them play MLB 20 on YouTube, on SNY's channel, because I need it. I think I've watched the Cubs win the World Series more the past six weeks than I than I can even imagine. You know, it's time to get real real baseball back. I was seven when the ball went through Buckner's legs, and I have watched that game twice in the last two months. Nostalgic, man. That's awesome. So we're going to wrap this up. Oh, I'm sorry, Alex. I didn't mean to cut you off. So we're going to wrap this up. It is Sunday night. I'm sure we all got to go to work tomorrow. Um, so Alex, why don't you tell everybody where we can find, uh, row seven at, and then tell them we'll do yours and I'll wrap up at the end. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, uh, Mike, for letting me, for me, letting me jump on board first and foremost. No problem. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at row seven podcast. That's row, the, uh, number seven podcast. Uh, definitely shoot, give me a follow, check out my podcast. I just started, I'm like nine or 10 in, so I'm working from the ground up. But we're, we're looking to build an empire here, so. Nice. We'll go from there. Yeah, and as Alex said, uh, Row 7 Podcast is always a great listen. Be sure to go follow them and be sure to also follow me. If you want all sports thoughts and tweets, go to Tricky Tones, BGTE for myself or my podcast, which tones in on sports cards. No pun intended, tones in, but tones in on sports cards and baseball in general. You can follow us at Cracker Jacks Pod and. Mike, Big Rickon, this has been awesome. I'm glad you had us on. I think this was a fun time. I would do it in a heartbeat, man. Thanks a lot. And Alex, it's always great talking to you. So, guys, again, I want to thank you for being on. Um, usually my live stuff has only been about the NFL. So to sit for almost an hour and talk baseball with you guys has been phenomenal. As always, everybody, you can find Big Rickon on sports on Spotify, Google, Breaker, Radio Public, and, of course, on Anchor. Facebook, Big Recon on Sports, the YouTube channel, Big Recon on Sports, where we are now, as Google started. Um, <laughs> uh, Twitter, at Big Recon on Sport, and now on Instagram, at Big Recon on Sports. So guys, I want to thank you again for being on. Here is to the 2020 hopeful season, and a tip of the cap to you gentlemen. It has been a lot of fun. Take care, guys. Everybody at home, we'll talk to you next week with another episode. Thanks. <laughs>